When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ah, you know what it is. The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to Sideline Summit. It's been a while, but we're finally back. I'm Antonio Perez, joined as always by Danny Cote, DC UPenn's finest, and Chris Coulter, CB Coulter boy, who dropped 34 in his <laughs> men's league with the game winner. Had to hit him. Yo, you missing out if you on the podcast. Hit that. Ah, you know what it is. Uh, Stop playing with the kid. Dropping 34 on former D1 athletes like he ain't one himself. But we got another great episode for you guys today. We're going to be talking about the NFC West. Two weeks ago, we talked about the AFC West. Back to the NFC West. You know, not as glorious as they once were, but we still will be talking about them. Uh, but before we get into that, as always, Summit's Plummets. I'm going to start with Chris since he didn't join us last time. Chris, what's a Summit and Plummet? It could, honestly, it could be from the last two weeks. It don't matter. Uh, well, my first summit that I didn't have planned was that was one of the greatest intros I've ever had in my life. So anybody else who intros me to do anything, you have a hard thing to top, first of all. So thanks. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Tom, for that. And uh guess my my summit would be the reason why I missed uh last show was because I was out in Mexico having the time of my life with my old lady. It was so fun. It was a great time. We seen wild animals, raccoons. Didn't know they were in Mexico. I mean, I did not know they were there, but I mean, you know, it was it was still kind of news to me. Uh, but yeah, I had a really really good time, man. Uh, some some well deserved fun in the sun. Uh, it was only like eighty nine degrees, but the heat index made it feel like it was ninety eight. But I mean, outside of just sweating, it was it was pretty bearable, I guess you say. But um, yeah, that's my summer. Just had a, a really really good time, man. I'm glad to be back. You take a shot of the Hell Lobos? Yeah, oh, I did not. I, I did not. <laughs> I wish I did. I had. Uh, the, the the like welcome shot we had was like like the warmest Jose Cuervo gold you ever had, which oh, is nah. very on point. <laughs> so it, it was Hold very on. not great, but it, it it was what it was. Did you awesome, see man. Kevin Durant in in Cancun? I wish I did. I would have told him. <laughs> yes, I wish I did see him, but I didn't. Now, Chris is uh, one of the biggest KD fans I've seen on Twitter. Not not even fan, just like appreciate because a lot of people are starting to like undermine what Kevin Durant is. But I'll swing it over to Danny. Danny, can we get a summit and a plummet or one or the other and then we can run right. it back? Don't matter. Talk to me. I'm going to kick it off. Julio Rodriguez did something that we've never seen before in a home run derby. He hit like 48 home runs in round one. 47, yeah, I believe. He, he, he he's, he's nutty. He's, but he didn't win it, but like, I, he won it in my book. 
<laughs> in my book, he's my king. Who yeah. who nailed the kid in the face? <laughs> that was Vladdy, bro. He's crazy. Yeah, bro. That's he's, he's the one that won. That's actually crazy. <laughs> that was rough. Yeah, know, and uh, apparently that happens like all the time. <laughs> I think they're the only t- uh him and his dad are the only father-son duo to ever win the uh, home run derby. Pretty cool. Uh, yes, that is that, that is, is true. That That's is really true. No, nah, I mean all, um MOB All-Star weekend. Um Yeah, man, it's a good time. I don't necessarily know why is their All-Star games on a Tuesday, but uh okay. Uh Weird things going on in the MLB. My I'll tell you summit, this. Ready? No, go ahead. The go All-Star ahead. game is – I'm going to do double summit. The All-Star game is in Philly in 2026. So, hey, it's you got the World Cup and the All-Star game in Philly that year. It's going to be good good news. Philly is lit. I did not know that for some reason. Man, that's cool. Turn it up. My summit for this week was Summer League. I've never watched so much Summer League basketball in my life. I don't think I've seen anything that made me absolutely vomit, necessarily. Um, I mean, Chris's guy, Keontae George, was awesome. Wemby, bounce back game. Scoot Scoot and Amon Thompson had, like, they they both only played one game, but damn it, it was fun while it lasted. Um, Everybody already sees the potential of a sore Thompson. Um and they're seeing like, damn, like get him in a real offense with like running with Cade. He'll, he'll find him. Cause for some reason, Ivy wasn't finding him like that. And I know he's not necessarily a point guard, but yeah, nonetheless, that's my summit. I do got to plummet though. Um, it's the beef on Twitter, man. Like Darrell Revis, Asante Samuel, and Sauce Gardner, they just not getting along. I hate to see all, all like all players I really liked growing up just not getting along. Uh, and it's because uh, rankings came out. Gardner was at – they ranked Gardner at two and corners in the league, which I don't think anyone will call absolutely outlandish by any means. He was first-team all-pro as a rookie. But people are saying, oh, it's just the New York limelight. I'm like, are we serious? Like, this kid is no joke. And then uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson said that Tariq Woolen was the best rookie corner last year. I'm like, you are telling this to a dude who made first-team all-pro. Like Tariq Woolen's great, but they're the only metric he has Gardner in is is interceptions, and I and think speed Dan can oh, speed. <laughs> but uh, I don't know if Chris got his plummet. Danny went double summit. I went summit plummet. Chris, did you have a plummet, or do you want to go double summit? What Drake saying? Uh, Life is good. You know what I mean? Yeah, honestly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think I think I'm gonna do double summits, uh, and I think I'm gonna kind of. Still a little bit of your tone for the summer league. Uh, I'm just happy to see the players that I thought would be good play good. Uh, I know it's just summer league. I know it's early, but just seeing those guys that I really thought would be impact players, especially Keontae George, especially Anthony Black, like those two, especially like seeing them do well is, is really cool to see. Um, I watched Ken Whitmore a little bit today before we hopped on. It was cool to see him like out there by himself, see how he can see how he plays. That was pretty awesome. And I think the last part about something I kind of want to talk about is. Uh, Wimby and Asur. Like, I think Wimby's second game is more so how he be. Like, I think the first game was a fluke. He's trying to figure it out. I mean, everybody took the, the quote we said out of context and everything like that. So I was happy to see him do well. And then I, I love Asur on the Pistons. Like, K to 6'8", 
a sword at the small four if you you know play him there however you put him in there with those other two guards and those two bigs and Duran Wiseman or you want to go Duran Stewart Wiseman however they want to play it whenever they play I'm I'm excited to see that that big lineup it's like like the Magic almost the same same type of team like just just big guys who can you know do do a couple things on the court so that's been cool to see. Yeah, um, and we're gonna talk a lot about summer league later on, but we will get into our. NFC West predictions. We're going to start with the San Francisco 49ers who won a division, made it to the NFC championship game. Their line is at 11 and a half wins. Um, obviously the, the big headline for them heading into next off season is that who's going to play, who's going to start a quarterback reports have been saying maybe Brock Purdy will be ready by week one. I don't know how much I really believe that he's not going to have a lot of, I think, you know, maybe they'll hold off from him. Trey has apparently been spiraling upwards. He's kind of just been all over the place. Apparently, at some point, Sam Darnold was better than him, but uh, Danny would know better than anyone that like you can just throw stuff out there to up trade stock and and, and just move the lines essentially. Um, but Danny, uh, I wanted to bring it to you because eleven and a half wins is is plausible. It, it, that that is a good line for the Niners. I think they'll get over. Um, now, if you were Shanahan, how, what would you roll out at? Like, what would you do with the quarterback position? Yeah, I think the Niners usually cash over with me at quarterback. Um, I don't think it matters if they put a quarterback. Um, Shanahan is a uh, genius. He's going to give the ball to McCaffrey and Debo and Kittle and say, run these motherfuckers over. Um, to be fr- honest, uh, they're, each top 10 players in their position, Caffrey's probably top five, Kittle's probably top two. Um, Debo is mm-hmm. may, might be top 10, probably top 15. Ah, um, uh, uh, he's he's a good he he's one of he's the solid. most versatile. He's he's one of the like maybe 20 like ready. He's well, the most unique. Uh, yeah, we'll say that he's very, very unique. Yes, he's a, he's a unicorn. Um, yeah, and that's why yeah. Shanahan can do anything with this offense. Um, mm-hmm. take give me the over. I'm rolling at Lance, seeing what he can do for at least the first five games. If he's not back, I'm gonna say fucking resort to Brock Purdy because the offense is gonna be capped at 12 wins with Purdy, which is fine. Yeah, I, I, I see the vision on that. Um, it's kind of like you could now. Here's the thing like, you could roll out anyone out there and get 12 wins. The only chance I think they have of winning a Super Bowl is rolling out Trey Lance because I think of his ceiling a little differently than um, the other two and Darnold and um, and Brock Purdy. Um, Chris, what I wanted to ask you was so uh, Danny, I asked in like a general type of thing. Now, week one, would you rather roll out Trey Lance, who's essentially hasn't played much football in two years, but he does now have a couple of training camps under his belt, or would you rather go to Purdy who's shown success, but he's not necessarily, he's probably not going to have training camp reps. So basically would you, would you rather roll with what you know with the lack of training camp, or would you rather roll with Trey in hopes of banking on his ceiling? Um, I think part of my answer is because of what Danny said, I would roll with Trey only for the simple fact that, you know, you have playmakers around him. At the least, if you can get them the ball, you should be successful. And I think it gives Trey Lance a chance to kind of unlock the potential that you drafted him for, in my opinion. Um, so that's I, I think it's just simple as that. And I think, uh, like I said, DC said, like Debo, Kittle, 
Christian McCaffrey, they can they can carry you. And I said with Trey Lance's explosiveness and, and athleticism that I've seen, and I believe in Trey Lance, so I could be just talking from a fan standpoint, but I want to see him do well too. So I think him out there, especially with two training camps under his belt now, like even though he hasn't had a lot of game, game experience, you'll say, I think he can still make it work. And I think he can be pretty explosive if he can figure it out by week six or seven. You can be maybe looking at 13, 14 wins too. Yeah, I agree. And a lot of people, so the thing with like him and Jordan Love is people are so quick to just say like, oh, these dudes are horrible. You haven't even seen them play. Like you don't know, we, no one knows anything about these dudes. These are two of the more raw prospects who have came into the NFL in the past couple of years. Uh, I agree with both of you. I'm looking at over 11 and a half wins. I think they're flirting maybe near 13. I'll say 12 though. I will say 12. Um I think 12, I think 12 wins for them. Trey Lance will be their guy. Um, he either plays well enough to get himself traded or he plays well enough to remain the starter for the rest of the year. Going on to Seattle Seahawks, uh, we all love Geno Smith. We've many times we talked about Geno, love Geno. Eight and a half wins is the line for the Seahawks. Um, uh, I, I think they won to, 12 uh, and win the division, man. You think so? I, I would love to hear your reasoning behind it. I'm not down again. I'm not down. I, I want to see your vision. I want to see if you have the same as mine. I'll take their offense over the Niners offense. I like to, uh, I, their, their two running backs are very solid. Their receivers are out of this world. JSN, Lockett, and, and DK are like arguably the best receiving core in the NFL. And no offense, not a shabby tight end either. Their offense with a experienced head coach and Pete Carroll could legit win the Super Bowl. They they need they need an edge rusher. They need some D line pieces. Their secondary is becoming the Legion of Boom again after what they've drafted. But the Seattle Seahawks have become the 2013 Seattle Seahawks ten years later again. Yeah, and I think something that works and this is me by no means am i saying geno smith is a better quarterback or was a better quarterback for seattle but i think this is the best receiving core seattle has seen since like i don't know like steve largent ever like, ever yeah yeah like these are three i think jsn could be like pro bowl level right out the gate i'm Bro, very I think high JSN on him could be like have a better rookie season than jettis and that that is a very high bar, but he is that good. He really is. But you have three very good receivers, like you said, a very good back. Um, and what I'm gonna bring to Chris is so Gino Gino led the league in completion percentage, uh, and obviously threw for a bunch of touchdowns, threw for a bunch of yards. Can we see? Do you think Gino will be able to raise this play even more? with the addition of JSN, with the defense beefing up a little bit? Like, what is your ideal season for Geno Smith this year? Um, I don't know. I think I would say just to, to steadily improve. I mean, I know he's not a, a rookie coming out, but I just want to see him build on the success he had last season. And I think what you said is a big part of it. Adding better pieces, same thing I just talked about with Trey Lance. The better piece around you – I mean, more times than not, you're going to play better. And I think it takes even more pressure off Gino because now you have another target. You have two backs now. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just more and more webs around to have him be, I won't say comfortable because, I mean, it's football. You're never really comfortable. But to be, like, more secure in a place of, like, I know this is my team. I'm moving forward and I have my pieces. Like, let's see what we can do. So I think that eight and a half wins is 
very, very doable. I think they can do 10, 11 wins easy just because I think, and, and I think, yeah, DC said it. They look like the Super, Super Bowl team again, like the team that made the Super Bowl. They look look enough like it to me, just in a, in a different way. I guess you could have little different type of weapons and things like that, but I like the way they look right now. Um, I'm a big fan of Geno Smith, so him doing well is always going to be good for me. So, yeah, that's, that's kind of my reason behind it. I just think it's just you give them more more weapons, more ability to, you know, kind of just settle in and, and, and run the offense for real. I'm going to say, how does Drew Locke feel? <laughs> that dude is a uh, very, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'd like to be there. He's probably just happy to yeah. be there. Yeah, honestly, I would. Kicking it back, Geno Smith, who widely regarded as one of the coolest dudes in the NFL. Um, maybe Drew Locke could take a page out of Geno's book. You know, the success wasn't necessarily there early. You had to place, you know, a little bit of backup journeyman. Um, I hope things do play it out pan out for drew lock but it probably won't happen in seattle it's not looking too hot so far not looking too hot yeah but but he was rapping on the sideline so he's forever top five me i'm in my spaceship that's why i will finesse but yeah i agree with everything you guys are saying about the seahawks i do think maybe super bowl is a bit of a hot take just because i need to see how their run defense develops that is how they got annihilated by yeah they got annihilated by the Niners for the same reason. But I think an underrated aspect in drafting Devin Witherspoon is he is the best run defending corner that I've watched come out of college, to be quite frank. Not only is he absolutely awesome in coverage, not necessarily Christian Gonzalez level of technique, but he he's a bat out of hell on every single play possible. So uh, we're all, yes, we're all hitting the over, like, we're all hitting the over on Seattle's wins. I can't believe eight and a half is. I think they what well, they have nine wins last year, but like, yeah. Hey, um, I'm better. high on them. Yeah, and they got better. Like it, it is that simple. And Gino, there is nothing more deadly in the NFL than a confident quarterback. Nick Foles, this dude stinks. Not a good quarterback. He got he got into the playoffs. He got a win. He played okay. Then he gets into the NFC Championship game. All he had to do was just hit a couple. This motherfucker threw up. He threw a flea flicker into double coverage into the front. Like, could not have put it in a better spot. I could see it now. Gene, yeah. Jordan Go Love, ahead. Geno Smith, NFC Championship game. <laughs> Yo, no, let me write that down. I, I'm not going to hold you to it, but if it That's does. That's not my hit, prediction, I, but I, I could, I could no, see no, it no, happening, no. man. But if it, if it does happen. If it does happen, that cements you in my Hall of Fame, personally. Now, I want to move on to the L.A. Rams because they have a weird line. They're one under the Seahawks, but they are going to have Stafford back, hopefully for a whole season. They are going to have Cooper Cup back, who, when healthy, was like on pace to do what he did in 2021 again. So um, I'm going to start with Chris. I know this isn't necessarily the Super Bowl team, but... What can you expect out of a Rams team when they bare minimum at least have Stafford and Cooper Cup? Under seven and a half wins, I can tell you that. Um, I am not a fan of Matt Stafford at all. I, I never thought Matt Stafford was good. So I, I, have, I have like literally zero belief in Matt Stafford. If it was for Cooper Cup, I would have negative zero belief in Matt Stafford. <laughs> uh, them losing Jalen Ramsey, I think that's – I mean, people – I don't think it's been talked about enough. I, I think Jalen Ramsey is still a really, really good corner in the NFL. So I think losing him is going to be difficult. Aaron Donald's only getting a year older, even though he's still incredible. I wouldn't take, take away anything from Aaron Donald. But it's just – 
don't think they have enough. Like I just don't think they have enough to really get more. Yeah, I think I think eight would be like a good year for them, in my opinion. Like just just from from what I see talent wise, I just don't see a lot of it. And maybe I'm missing it. Maybe I could be looking at it as a casual. But just from what I see, I I just don't see it. And I think a lot of times when you don't see wins, in my opinion, you get you maybe get two or three wins by having a a, a badass quarterback, like a really good quarterback. I don't think Stafford is that. So I think even if I That's had them, crazy, maybe man. seven he wins. Is. Yeah, uh, not it. anymore. I, yeah. it's so that's why I think I, I would go under eight. All so, right, Danny, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you go. I'm gonna let you go. Sanchez, I question. agree with under eight, but it's for a different reason. I think Stafford's still good. I think he's injury prone though. Um, I think Sean McVay is gonna hover them around eight. He's it's like the Mike Tomlin effect. Like no matter how fucking shitty the Steelers are, they're gonna win eight, eight or nine games. It's that's why the the Rams are almost destined to win at least like six or seven. And because they did that with like Bryce Perkins at quarterback last year. <laughs> I've never heard of Bryce Perkins in my life. He's a mad. Hey, no, crazy. You know what's the craziest thing? Uh, he started the chiefs game, right? I think so. Yeah. Or he came in during the chiefs game. They were, and they didn't have a chance to win, but like the chiefs never pulled away. It was so weird. I do agree with well, Baker Mayfield was on the team though. Uh, like, like that team last year? No, was just no, a no, bunch no, of no, random no, dudes. No, like, no, he together. wasn't. He got signed the week after, and then he played the Thursday night game. Literally got yeah. signed like less than forty eight week, forty eight hours after, and that was the comeback of Baker Mayfield and that dude's things. But I kind of hey, agree with both your points. Stafford's a little injury prone. I don't think they really got the roster to do it. Sean McVay can have them flirting maybe with eight wins. I am going to take the under though. Um, Cooper Cup is awesome. Uh, but football is not a game necessarily that you – I've not seen a dude drag his team to the playoffs single-handedly since, like – Calvin Johnson. Calvin Johnson. Like Adrian Peterson in 2012. That Vikings team was so bad. It was so bad. And off yeah. the back of his 2,000 yards, they made it. Cup, I don't know if he can affect the game that way that much as a receiver. Like it, it could be tough. You can't but, LeBron yes. ISO ball drag his team to the playoffs, you know? Yeah, but but to be quite honest, like it's a different game. Like, however, we've seen it happen before. Derrick Henry has done it before. And with a little bit, like uh, of course, Bro, an amazing offensive sleep. line. Yeah, Henry's coaching his is phenomenal. His defense is okay every yeah. year. Like, yeah. Yeah. So Maybe not Henry. Maybe he hasn't had the shoulder or something like that. But uh, we we get the gist. Now to a team that we all know is horrible, is in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes, Arizona Cardinals. I'm going to put Kyler Murray on the thumbnail. Just going to let you guys know now. But uh, he's probably not even playing this year. They're going to – like he'll be good by like, what, November? And there are They're going to have 10 losses by the time he's like cleared to go. He's not playing. And to be quite honest, it's going to suck for the Cardinals because they're going to want to draft Caleb Williams. They're going to want to trade Kyler. They're going to have no value. And here's the thing. I'm big on Kyler. When healthy, I do believe he's a top 10 quarterback. But he's had several injuries over the past couple of years. His contract ain't necessarily sexy. And he hasn't played. So nobody's like dying to get Kyler Murray, even though I do believe he's Super, super, super phenomenal. Um, you know, who Danny, I think actually might hop on the phone in the in next offseason looking at Kyler Murray. I love to hear it. That's the most interesting thing that we could talk about with the Cardinals. Who would who is willing to trade for Kyler Murray? You know, who would want him, but the Cardinals wouldn't do it is the Niners. Mm, if trade didn't like turn out, 
But let's say everything goes goes awry in it, this year. They don't win. They don't make the NFC Championship game. They're gonna call up the Cardinals and be like, "Yo, can I get Kyler? And I get the number one overall pick." And the Niners are gonna be like, "We'll give you some pit stuff." And the Cardinals are gonna be like hesitant because they don't want to fuck up and give the their division rival a phenomenal quarterback, a top ten quarterback. Well, I will say, I think the Cardinals can live with it knowing they're getting Caleb Williams. But I yeah, agree. I mean, like making trades with your division rival is tough. Like you never really want to do it. I'd be um, like the Steelers trading Big Ben to the Ravens. They wouldn't do it. <laughs> no, nah, because because the card like the Cardinals have no rivals. Like who beefing with the Cardinals? <laughs> like this, like in uh, in the north, Buda in the Baker. north, every Buda. Buda Baker, DeAndre Hopkins was. The Eagles uh, are now because the turf and the uh, Gannon. Screw them. Oh, it's not. <laughs> it's not. they. Well, you low-key, you know what? Yeah, you're right. You're right. But, like, the North everybody beef with each other, and it's reciprocal. Like, like of the top Both 15 North. rivals. Yeah. But you could, in the, it's like, top 15 rivals in the NFL right now, you'll find every single combination of, like, AFC North team. Like, they all just don't like each other. Uh, we need that brand of football. Back. I kind of like the Browns. We beat them every time. <laughs> Free wins, except for that one time they twenty eight and owed y'all in the first quarter of the playoffs, and the snap went over Big Ben's we came head. Came back and almost won. We almost won. Uh, it was crazy. Yeah, Big Ben threw like seventy passes. <laughs> I think he had I remember that game. Passes. He had the sixty eight passes, four touchdowns, four interceptions. I think he's like five hundred yards of that game in the air. It was like one of like three all- playoff games all time to be at five hundred yards. Tom Brady was the other one. Also lost. I I apologize to any Cardinals fans because like there really is nothing to talk about this team. Like Buda Baker wants out. DeAndre Hopkins left. You're gonna be rolling out Colt McCoy for half the season or so, probably your whole season because the tankathon is on. Uh, I'm sorry. I think Colt McCoy retired. He did. Oh man, who are they running out? Uh, let you know in a second. Arizona Cardinals QB depth chart. No, screw it. Roll out Clayton Tune. I mean, he didn't. I don't think he. I don't think he retired. Let's roll out. Screw it. Just roll out Clayton Tune. Let's do it. I know. I know. I know. Parker would love that. Roll out Clayton Tune, man. Let's do it. Houston Legends. He he considered retirement. Sorry. Why is he considering retiring? He's 36. Come on, man. All right. I don't think we have anything else to talk about about this yeah. abysmal team. Let's just Gannon's let's move gonna on. Just... Like, Gannon's going to get them like three wins because he can't fucking scheme up any defense anyway. So, <laughs> Yeah, let's just move on to the summer league. Chris, uh, I, I was going to start with Wemby. We got to talk about Brandon Miller. Um. I'm not one to overreact to summer league. The dude's been shooting terribly, but what are, are you holding these performances necessarily against him? Is it his style of play that is not working out? Or like, do you think like we just got to put him next to LaMelo ball? Then we can figure out what he is. Yeah. And I'll troll on the side. Like I, I troll a lot on Twitter just because it's just fun. I like seeing reactions. <laughs> 
Um, like in real life, I understand what summer league is, and all basketball fans should just understand this. Summer league, when you have a top two pick or you have a second year player or a guy that's that's you're gonna be one of your rookies you want to play, what you have them doing in summer league is all the things they need to work on. That's why you have Brandon Miller handling the ball so much, trying to play make, making all these mistakes on defense. Like it's it's by design, not for him to be bad, but to put him in those spots where he's uncomfortable and to have like some issues. My problem with Brandon Miller is the thing that he's supposed to be good at. He hasn't shown to be good at yet. Shot creation and being able to shoot the long ball. Now, he had one game where he shot it pretty well. But outside of that, like his scoring and stuff. He looks athletic a little bit. Yeah, and and that's the thing. Like he thinks he's supposed to be good at. He has been good at outside of like being an athlete like and being able to bother shots at the rim like with his um, height and his athleticism and also being able to just get to the rim. Like getting to the rim is one one big part of it. So I think one one other piece is just, you know, it's just it's summer league. So you have to kind of take it with a grain of salt. Like if you watch Ken Whitmore today, they had him doing pick and roll ball handling and DHOs like he's not going to do that when they have Jalen Green and Ken Pro Jr. and those other Draymond guys. Draymond did that in league. Right, but <laughs> but but that's that's because he was going to do it. Then, like a team like the Rockets is trying to figure out what they have in Cam Whitmore outside of what they know, so they're going to put him in uncomfortable positions. So I think some league where, like even for Wimby, if you look at the first game compared to second game, second game he was in more spots he's probably going to be in during regular season time because that was his last game plan. The first game they were just kind of letting him figure it out, like how are you going to play with other good players or other players we deem good summer league wise. So I think it's going to be just a big learning curve for a lot of these guys. And remember, a lot of these dudes are eighteen. I mean, not 18, they're 19, going on on 20 barely. they really just now getting away from playing some college teams where you know you can have a guy you can pick on to play against guys who are all trying to be in the NBA, so the NBA size, athleticism, you know, ability, all those things kind of catch up. So I think this was a rough couple, a rough start for Brandon Miller, but I think he'll be better. I do still think they should have picked Scoop, though. I got one thing okay. to say about the summer league. Celtics mm-hmm. legend Jordan Walsh, he has a horrible 2K face scan. I told Tone. Oh. I told Tone about Jordan Walsh. I told him. I told him on this show. On, on, Dude, on no, no, have, Jordan have Walsh, you seen his 2K yeah. face scan? Bro, he yeah, looks horrible. Yeah, rough. Very rough. He, lo- he looks like he's like, uh, like a murderer like a, in a horror movie. He does look like – he looks like that in general. Um, but I wanted to get to um, play <laughs> – we could troll a little bit. Who's some I, – I want – it could – either of y'all can answer this. I, I just want to troll a little bit. Who's some guys who are – Watching their summer league team play, knowing damn well they should get in that locker room, get some sneaks on, and get out there. Furkan Korkmaz. <laughs> what? He's still on the team? Uh, yes. He signed. He's, oh, he's still on the right? Yeah. Okay. And B oh. got to get out there. Uh, Jaden Springer, he didn't play in, in, I think, two of the games for the Sixers. I don't, wait, wait. I don't, I don't like him. Oh well, you heard it from DC first. <laughs> I, I thought He's Jay Springer was good. good in college. He was good in college. He's not an NBA player, I don't think. I don't think. But he was Hell good. no, bro. Good. Like I, all these Sixers fans are like, we're gonna throw him in for Dame, and I'm like, bro, who is Jaden Springer? I don't remember you getting on our team. They gonna throw him right back out. <laughs> oh uh, yeah, ESPN. ESPN just reported uh, Dame to Heat talks have stalled. There's been no progress. Uh, really? Just wanted to throw that out there. So, Yo, um, the, the Blazers GM said it might take four or five months. It's cooked. It's oh, Ozil Abaji from the Jazz. There's no way he should be sitting out some of the games. No way. He should be playing every time. He, he, yeah, he is uh, so, Isaac Okoro all over again. Bad. Players, I can, summer league players I can think of that got no business sitting out. Um, a couple guys. Killian Hayes. Oh, um, he needs to be 
100%. Killian Hayes got to be out there. He's got to be getting some good bump. Peyton Pritchard should probably be out there getting some good bump. And he good. Like, I'm not trying to, but like, you need Malachi to Malachi Flynn should be out there 100%. Yeah. Oh, he may be starting. Uh, now that we, we talked about some players who should probably be out there. Who are some players that like, yo, chill? Like, you shouldn't be out there. I think first guy that comes to mind to me, I told you I was Keegan Murray. What What's are you doing? doing? You won MVP last year. Like, you won the Summer League MVP last year. You literally came back to work on your dribble package in-game. You're a freak, and you're weird, killing uh, all these kids' dreams. The one person, I think Tari Eason should have played for the Rockets, Jabari Smith chill, because it, he showed <laughs> when he wanted to turn it on that he's a number two, like a number one pick or like a number two pick. He showed that. So relax. Go go home, brother. Go put on your shirt. Yo, James Wiseman can't guard me. Yeah, James Wiseman should be out there. He should have been. Good. You know what I think is so tough? Who? Jalen Duran. I think he's going to be a top 10 big man in the league very soon. He's Dwight Howard all over again in 2023. Yeah, he is. The he only is. reason he even is in summer league is because the Pistons screwed him by like – not no. like playing Wiseman and Bagley over him, like yo, these they dudes are not better than Isaiah Stewart. Isaiah Stewart's got a four-year extension too, bro. Jalen Durant could be a Durin top ten and big man. Are the way to go this year? He could be a top ten big man Durin? this year, like he center. Yeah, center. I, I, I think it's a little early. It's a little early. Uh, yeah, I say we it's might be jumping early. the gun. I, I think, man, but I, I these think centers are, they get weak. They get weak. They get so weak at the bottom. But like, I mean, you all right? Well, Jokic and Bead. Sabonis, Bam, Gobert, Towns. I'm just naming guys. Towns. Towns. We'll count him as a four because I'm going to count AD as a four. We'll count Cat as a four. AN, Rob Will, uh, Jacob Pertle is definitely better. I said, said Bam. Bam. Uh, uh, Jacob Pertle is a Oh, maybe Miles Turner. I would, throw, I would throw Miles Turner. Miles Turner. Um, I'll take Doran over Vucevic today. Yeah, Vucevic is horrible. Today. How about Marcus Hall? <laughs> mm. Marcus Hall better not be play. playing basketball still. He better not. Yeah, bro. Ain't no he way. He better not. He was dope for the 2021 Lakers, though. He was dope. He was I, I, dope. I do appreciate it. I do appreciate it. How you feeling about Steven Adams, though? Mm. Uh, free uh, Good guy. He's a very free spirit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he maybe a great guy. I don't, I don't know though. Like, uh, uh, yeah. how about Boban Jonas, Val- Jonas Valanciunas, uh, Nurkic. He said, what about Nurkic? I forgot what about Nurkic. I forgot he was in the NBA. I did forget. Well, how, how, oh how do you feel God. about B-ball Paul? <laughs> they matched that offer too, so now you have seven centers on the roster. Good lord, nah, bro, it's just like you, the process. You know, B-ball, B-ball is a four, and we know, uh, you know, Trez is not a center. Trez, Trez ain't a basketball player. He's he still a prison right ball. He's still Bro, he doesn't do anything good. I think you you probably <laughs> be more beneficial to an NBA he roster. He really doesn't. I have no clue how he won a six man of the year or was like a candidate for one, bro. Yeah, I think you – at least you would like be good at like shooting or like driving. He doesn't do anything. He's not athletic. He can't play defense. Like what are you doing? Oh, my God. Well, I, I'll saying, tell you the one thing my said, friend does good. When he does dunk. He pulls the rim really hard. It doesn't mean the anything, but he does it. <laughs> but he does. You know what he does we're talking do? about Montrez Harrell. He can't play. Montrez Harrell <laughs> will, like, truck somebody. I feel like if you needed to play defense, he'll just, like, throw a shoulder into somebody and truck him. Maybe the Seahawks will sign Trez to the D-line. Maybe D-line, bro. 
Trez at nose tackle is crazy. I am not going to lie to you. Um, but, I mean, we we essentially got all the summer league stuff out the way. It sucks that uh, Amon Thompson and Scoot could only play one game, but they were awesome. It was really like peak hoops when they were playing. Oh, one more thing um, about summer league, Tom, before we move on. Go ahead. My boy Shaden Sharp had one of the generational stinkiest performances uh, the other day when he played. And I do want to say, everyone, everyone who heard me on this show here say Shaden Sharp was good, don't think I'm lying. That was just a that was just a mirage. Tonight he plays the game. Hopefully he redeems himself. But the man started 0 for 11, and it was like it was really bad. I was watching it myself. But he did show that he can do other things besides score. He was doing some playmaking, doing some rebounding. Like I said, that's what summer league is always for. They just try to like put players in a couple positions. Like if you've seen, if you watch Amon for the Rockets, like he's doing a lot of like ball handling, but also too he's picking up full court. Like doing a lot of that, picking up the point guard, even though he wasn't playing point sometimes. So, yeah. All right, man. I agree with you on all that. I honestly thought it'd be it, man. Shaden, you too good for summer league, but hey, not you can't leave until you get your redemption. But we're going to take the skyline segment. We have a little four man tournament, one v one tournament. The style of play, it is one v one, three dribble limit. And first to seven, all ones. So our first matchup, so essentially on the left side of the bracket, is Paul George versus Tracy McGrady. Uh, Whoever wants to take the floor, state who you think would win and why. Give me T-Mac. I think he can score in a fucking phone booth. That's honestly very good reasoning. That's going to be it for like – a lot of these dudes, uh, Chris, who are you rolling with? Because I know the Paul George, T Mac, Mellow thing was trending on Twitter. I wanted to see what you think. That's my that's that's my speed too. I I, I love that game. Me and my homies play that play three dribbles all the time, and that's gonna make lean into why my answer is my answer. I'm picking Tracy McGrady 100, and this is the reason why. Tracy McGrady is one of the most in NBA history. No matter what accolades you put up there, with a, with without a live dribble in scoring and be able to score in space, I think Danny said scoring his phone booth. Like he's able to score in space so easy, so quickly. Those three dribbles are like twelve to him. This with Paul George. Paul George is more of like Kyrie, like an ISO more score. He has to like rhythm dribble to kind of get into where he needs to go. He's tall enough to shoot over people, but I think T Mac's just more comfortable in that space. And Paul George is a really good defender, but I think T Mac just three dribbles is just it's, it's it's like food for him. So I think I think T Mac wins that. I think like like seven to four. Danny, Danny will tell y'all, yo, we call it like sunshine is a one-on-one to one. It's king of the court, essentially. Yo, three dribbles, I'll never lose. Never, never. I'm just going to get right to that, right to that low post, left low post. I'm either putting that thing high off the glass with the lefty or we're heading to this little Kobe Bryant fadeaway and that thing's going to be cash off the glass. So Danny knows. Danny knows. He's five foot eight, Luka Doncic. <laughs> he knows. Nobody can hold me. Um, I'm gonna have to agree with y'all there. Just for the setting of the game, and honestly, in general, T Mac is just hard to hold, bro. Like he, he's so twitchy and like. Honestly, at some points, it feels like T Mac is like a folklore. Like he's fake. The 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 way people talk about him, but like he he is one of the best scorers of all time. Now on the right side of the bracket, we've Kevin Durant versus Carmelo Anthony. I'm going to go first since I made y'all go first last time. I'm going with Kevin Durant. And it's hard 
maybe it's not, but they kind of they kind of score the basketball the same way. One of these motherfuckers are seven foot. So I'm gonna go KD. I think his ability to even if he can't get to the spot he wants, he's the ability to rise up over Melo. And spoiler, that may be why he could beat anybody ever in a one v one. Um, but yeah, I got KD. We can go to Chris then Danny to wrap I'm up the you. right side of the bracket. I was I was hoping the guy that Carmelo was on the other side of the bracket. God damn it! But I mean, <laughs> he's seven foot, man. He can do everything without <laughs> dribbling, with dribble. I don't know a person in the NBA, in NBA history who's a better one on one scorer than Kevin Durant. So it's hard for me to pick anybody against him. But if there is a person I'd give a chance to, it would be Carmelo Anthony because. Three dribbles is all he needs to get from mid post to bully ball, then you're in trouble, especially if you're Kevin Durant being as frail as he is. But I'm a person who really thinks Kevin Durant could make seven little mid ranges over anybody because he can't see you jumping because he's seven foot. So, Kevin Durant, unfortunately. Sorry, Melo. So, is is that, I was going to say, does that play spoiler? Does, would KD beat T Mac for the same reasons? For me, yeah. It's it's difficult, bro. It's difficult because everything T Mac can do, Kevin can do it. But five, four or five inches taller, it's just – it's unreal. It's unreal when you really look at him as a basketball player. Like, if you ever watch this dude against regular – not regular players, but like the people who guard him, he really does not see them. Like, the dribble he does just for, for shits and giggles. Like, he doesn't see his people. He just shoots over him just because he's different, man. He's got – he's my – he's my – that, that's my pick. Sorry to spoil it. I'm going to tell you this. <laughs> I'm taking Melo, and it's because they're going to be playing tweets – on the on the board behind KD and KD gonna be scared because he, he he's gonna think he has to respond on the burner or something. <laughs> Trust and me, Kevin Durant is not scared, bro. He, he, he say he on the threads come find him. That's what he says. I know he's on the thread come find him. But I'm taking T Mac on the left side too to win it all. I'm and if there if I could have a wild, we, I'm gonna add something in. We all can take a wild card who we think would be all of them. I'm taking Kobe Bryant. No 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 no. Guards are next week, Danny. Guards mm. are next week. Plus, Kevin Durant will bust that ass. But uh, Kobe <laughs> yes, he anyway. would. Yes, he would. He's he's busting that ass. <laughs> I promise you, bro. <laughs> you I hope could the take that. Kyrie, Kobe. That'd be Kyrie or Kirby. Kobe is crazy. No, I would love that. I, I think Kobe wins, but mwah, it just it would be beautiful to watch. Yeah, we we gonna pick four. I'm gonna pick four guards next week. Line it up right, but. That is everything we got for y'all today. NFC West, Summer League, 1v1. The winner next week is going to play KD this week. Or, you know, because KD won this week. But, again, if y'all are new to the channel or the podcast, like, subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. If you're on podcast platform, download the episode, like the episode, leave a five-star rating, and vice versa. You know, go on over to the YouTube, leave a like, and subscribe. We try to get the 200 subs. We've been a little at a little bit of a stalemate. But nonetheless, from AP New Freezer, Culture 2 by Migos, and DC Comics, thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you guys next week. Take away with-